Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to the podcast. We're looking at Acts 13 today. Edwin, what is our text for the episode? It's going to be lengthy. However, Paul's about to preach a sermon, and I would like for us to just get the whole sermon that that as it's recorded in one fell swoop today. So we're going to start in verse 13 and make our way all the way to verse 41. I am reading from the English Standard Version. Now Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But they went on from Perga and came to Antioch in Pisidia, and on the Sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them saying, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, say it. So Paul stood up and motioning with his hand said, Men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with uplifted arm, he led them out of it and For about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness, and after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years, and after that, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. Of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Before his coming, John had proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, What do you suppose that I am? I am not he. No, but behold, after me one is coming, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to untie. Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the message of this salvation. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him nor understand the utterances of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we bring you the good news that what God promised to the fathers, this he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus, as also it is written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And as for the fact that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken in this way, I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Therefore, he says also in another psalm, you will not let your holy one see corruption. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and by him everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest what is said in the prophets should come about. 
Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish, for I am doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe, even if one tells it to you. You did a great job with that. That was a lengthy reading, a whole sermon. Well, thank you. Same time, that may be one of the fastest sermons sermons you've ever preached. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get used to it. And it was so eloquent, so well done. Um, Yeah, you know, this is a fifth sermon I think we've read in the book of Acts together. Um, We've seen the Lord is working through uh, these preachers. Men have been chosen to carry this everlasting gospel, this good news uh, to Jew and to Gentile. Now, what's interesting to me as I begin is to, is to observe how that, uh, as they've come from the island of Cyprus to the mainland now to this Antioch, another city, not to be confused with the one they left from, uh, this is Antioch, Pisidia, they go to the synagogue. Uh, who's going to be in the synagogue? The Jews. And uh, just as we read in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, that the gospel is to the Jew first and also to the Greek, we're going to begin here observing a pattern of the way the Apostle Paul went about a lot of this evangelistic work, going into communities and seeking out the synagogue. This is the place where the Jewish community gathered. It would also be the place where the scriptures uh, would be there, you know, written up in the, in the scrolls, the books that could get them out and read. And here they are, these uh, out-of-towners come to the synagogue, and they are invited to speak. Do you have something to say? Do you have an exhortation for the people? And that, that had to be like red meat in front of a dog, you know. <laughs> it's like, well, as a matter of fact, I've got something to say, uh, and laid it on them. Fantastic sermon here, and so many echoes from some of the previous messages we've already seen in the book of Acts. I think that's the important thing for us to grab here, at least in the context of Acts. There's a lot of lessons that we can get just in the sermon itself, and there's things that we need to be teaching as we reiterate what Paul, and he is now fully Paul as far as how we refer to him. Yeah, we saw that transition. Yesterday, yeah, we went from Saul to Paul on the island of Cyprus, and now it's Paul and Barnabas who are traveling. And as we as we see Paul, and he's going to be taking a different tack than has been taken before. Now, there's there's a lot of things that we need to reiterate from what he teaches, but when we look at what Luke is doing in this sermon, I do think he is specifically calling to mind the previous sermons, because as we see Paul's different approach, we need to see some similarities between him and the guys who came before him, because what's still the big question? Why are you going to Gentiles? Should we should we trust you when you go to Gentiles? Excuse me. And I think Luke, in this big sweeping picture of the book of Acts, is one of the things he is doing is explaining why the gospel really did move from mainly a Jewish religion mm-hmm. to mainly a Gentile religion. I mean, the way this whole book is going to end is Paul talking about the judgment that's going to come upon the Jews because of their continued rejection, rejection. of Jesus and the gospel. But there's still this this troublesome thing in the back of everyone's mind as this is new. We don't see it as much today because here we are, all, most of us, Gentiles, most of the people listening here, Gentiles. And so it's just natural for us. But when, when Acts was written, there's this big question, why is this shift taking place? And so one of the things that Luke is doing here is showing us some parallels between Paul and Peter. What, what I find fascinating and I was talking to you before we started recording on this, Andrew, that the, the, the text in Acts never just says, and Paul became an apostle. 
Mm. And Paul was chosen as an apostle. Now, there's plenty of evidence in Scripture that Paul was an apostle. Most of his letters begin with the idea of being an apostle. In 1 Corinthians 15, as he talks about the apostles, he explains that he was as one untimely born. But in the book of Acts with the history, you know, what I'm expecting is for Luke to just write, and Paul became an apostle. But he doesn't. Now, chapter 14, he's going to be called an apostle. Yeah. You'll see that. But it's it's just kind of almost a throwaway statement even there. But Luke does indicate that Paul has become an apostle, and the way he does it is by giving Paul a similar sermon here as the Holy Spirit gave to Peter in Acts chapter 2. Does that make sense? Are you, are you tracking with me on that, or you think I'm just way off base on that? I don't know that you're way off base on it, um, you know, as far as demonstrations of his <laughs> But you don't know that I'm at all right about it. <laughs> <laughs> well... It is undeniable that there's echoes here in the 13th chapter with the the Sermon on Pentecost that's in, in Acts chapter 2, you know, pointing to the same Psalms, talking about the fulfillment, the resurrection. I mean, that's all there. I was going to just add to that also, as far as his apostleship, you do have him uh, working miracles. You know, the, the punitive miracle that we talked about in the last episode and, and striking Elamus blind. And then as the book goes on, we're going to see maybe more of what we think of as, as miracles, you know, helping and healing and, and that sort of a thing. Um, so, you know, what you have is this message from God, and then it is, uh, it is um, accredited, it is justified, it is corroborated by the power of God. So, I mean, yeah, he looks like an apostle. I, I want to jump in here on that because as you talk about the miracles that are come, I know we're not going to get into this this week because it's not until the next chapter, but... Keep our eyes open because we're actually going to see that as we see Paul performing more miracles, we're about to see one that is parallel to Peter's miracle in Acts chapter 3 and 4. Mm-hmm. And so we see in Acts chapter 13 a sermon that has a lot of similarities to Peter's sermon. Yep. And then we're going to see a miracle that has a lot of similarities to the miracle that Peter performed in Acts chapter 3. I, I really do think that Luke is is through a rhetorical means, through a narrative means, making a point. Mm-hmm. Everything that Peter was and is, mm-hmm. Paul is. Mm-hmm. And so we, we listen to Paul. We sit at his feet. So after Peter preached his sermon, we find out that the disciples that were made on that day, they came and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Mm-hmm. If Paul is everything that Peter was, then we recognize that we need to devote ourselves to his teaching as well. Not because he is amazing, but because he is the apostle of the Lord. He is the messenger. He is the one sent by the Lord. Well, and it is important to underscore there is one gospel. There is one church. There is one body of people. And so it's not that Peter had his church and his message. It's uh, and, And then Paul had another one. Uh, which you'll run into, uh, I guess, religious teachers today and maybe for a while who've had that idea, multiple, uh, you know, Christianities and power plays for who wins and, and all of that. But when you get back to Acts, when you get back to the New Testament, that is not the case. That is not the case at all. It is fascinating that folks today, as they look back, they'll jump into the letter to the Galatians and see that Paul and Peter had a, a tete-a-tete, if you will. Paul had to rebuke Peter and they will construct from that this entire battle, this entire idea that there was the Petrine Christianity and there was the Pauline Christianity. Right. And Pauline Christianity is the one that dominated. And, and then they'll start trying to figure out how all that worked. But interestingly, the very first history of Christianity gives us a completely different picture. In fact, Luke is going out of his way to say, 
Paul is just like Peter. Mm-hmm. Paul is just mm-hmm. like Peter. Now, yes, it is going to show the struggles that they had regarding the Gentiles. But but think about this. Paul, who is the apostle to the Gentiles, is like Peter, who was the one God called to first go to the Gentiles. So it's not even that different there. No, I agree 100%. Tracking with Peter through Acts. He's preaching to Jews in Acts 2. He's the one that goes and preaches to Gentiles in Acts 10, Cornelius' household. What does Paul do? He goes to a Gentile community, but where does he start preaching? At the synagogue, to the Jews, and then to the Gentiles. Just like Peter. Just like Peter. I, I, I've, I've named this podcast and the blog post that goes along with this second verse similar to the first. <laughs> and I know that's a little bit different than the way the song goes because I, I just wanted to highlight it's not exactly the same. There are a lot of similarities, and there's a reason there's a lot of similarities. It's to demonstrate this point about Paul and going to the Gentiles. But there are some differences. And I, I really want to note some of the main difference. And I think perhaps the main difference is when you go back to Acts chapter 2, When Peter is addressing that crowd, it's always the people of Israel or the people of Judea, men of Judea, men of Israel. Oh, yeah, sure. And it's it's completely about Jews. And then he he ends up addressing them as brothers. Whereas here in Acts chapter 13, even though Paul is in the synagogue of the Jews, multiple times he refers to the Jews, the men of Israel, and you who fear God. The God-fearers. Yeah. Like a Cornelius. Like a Cornelius. Mm -hmm. It's very important for us to understand because you might miss this. He's not saying that you Jews are people who fear God, even though they did. But that idea of God-fearers was a technical term that Mm -hmm. the Jews used to refer to Gentiles who had not proselytized. Right. But they feared God. They respected Yahweh. They were certainly not citizens of the Jewish kingdom. They didn't get to go to the temple and worship. But but they were considered maybe a step above just the plain old Gentile because at least they recognize our God and there's a God fear. So they were listening, they were learning, but they hadn't converted yet. Mm-hmm. So that's paving the way to get into the Gentiles because that's actually what we're going to see happening in big major ways. And so really important stuff. And the gospel so much to... is going to be inviting Jew and Gentile alike, Jew and God-fearer, yeah. to come and become Christians, right? Uh, and so maybe something to think about today is, and, and for some of our listeners on the fence a little bit, what should I be doing with this gospel message? What should I be doing about reading Responding. the Bible? Responding. Responding. Obey it. Great. And that's the thing you bring up right at the moment we need to wrap up, because I really want to keep talking about that. i tell you what we're going to say. Write us with your questions. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. If we can help you respond to the gospel, email us. We want to try to get with you and study with you and share this wonderful message. We've got to go ahead and wrap up today, but we would love to continue that relationship with you. I'm going to go ahead and end us with a prayer. God in heaven. You are magnificent and awesome. You are the wondrous, holy creator, and your plan that you brought about through Jesus Christ humbles us and amazes us, and we do respond to it. I pray that there are people who are listening to this message today that are deciding right now that they want to respond. They want to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior and King. They want to repent, and they want to bow their knee in allegiance to Jesus by being baptized in water, immersed in water for the remission of their sins in the name of our King Jesus Christ. Please let this message get out to folks today who are going to hear that and make that response. Whether they call us or they meet with someone else who will be able to help them with that, I don't care, but let that happen in the lives of someone who's listening today. And Father, we pray that you let us be back tomorrow to study your word some more and talk some more about the text. Thank you so much for loving us, Father. We love you. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Wait.